Welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Sophia Osborne. And I'm Olivia DeBercier. And if you want to support the show, check out our merch store over on Etsy at etsy.com slash shop slash beyond blathers. We're also running a sale at the moment, so 20% off our Nautilus and Atlas Moth acrylic keychains, as well as our handmade needle-felted sunfish ornaments. Yeah, so hop on over to the site. You don't want to miss this sale, especially for the needle-felted sunfish ornaments because they're just so cute, and Olivia put so much time into them, and I would just love to see them in new homes. Yeah, and I want to I wanna make more yes. stuff, more needle-felted stuff if you guys like it. Otherwise, we'll we'll stick to the stickers because those are also super fun. Yeah. People seem to like the stickers. Those aren't on sale, but <laughs> they're really cute. I will say that, like, this is probably the most biased opinion in the world, but I use the Atlas Moth keychain for, like, my apartment keys, and I love it so much. It's just, like, actually really durable and, and cute and, like, a moth. I don't know. It's great. So Yeah, I have, like, the Nautilus keychain on my keys right now, and I feel extremely stylish. This is like the first keychain I've ever had, which is silly, but I just didn't have any keys really <laughs> worn to keychain. You're an adult now. But now I have a car, so I'm a real adult and I have a Nautilus keychain to prove yeah. it. Yeah. So you can join either like Team Olivia or Team Sophia mm-hmm. <laughs> with our keychains. We'll rise up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's marketing. Marketing spiel over. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On to our animal today, the giant clam. Yeah, I'm excited about this. You know me. I love any underwater creature. Okay, so let's see what Blathers has to say. So if you bring a giant clam to Blathers, he'll say, Gygus giant clams live in warm water coral reefs and are the biggest bivalves in the world. Growing as wide as 6 feet and weighing up to 600 pounds, these clams can live to be 100 years old. And yes, these mighty creatures look as though they could eat a swimmer whole, but they eat plankton instead and get valuable nutrients from an algae they live in symbiosis with. Indeed, these enormous gents get all the sustenance they need by lying face up with their shells half open. If such was my life, I'd be happy as a clam too. I really like that. And that quote reminds me that there are some weird sayings related to clams, like happy as a clam or like the world is your oyster, which I know it's about an oyster, but still like it's kind of weird that there's two of them. I just remember one time I was in like a high school assembly and the speaker said, the world is your oyster. And I was sitting next to two exchange students or students that weren't from an English speaking country and they were like what does that mean? (laughs) And I realized I like couldn't explain it. I was like, I don't even know how to define that very strange saying. It's like, you got to just crack the world open and get the pearl out, right? Oh, that's a really easy way to explain it. I was just sort of like, it's like saying you can do anything because you're an oyster. (laughs) Yes, true. So live your best oyster life. Oysters can do anything. Well, you should have been there, Sophia. You would have provided a much more clear definition than I did. Do oysters even have pearls or is it just clams? And are they different? Or I don't know if you're going to get into this later. 
Unfortunately, I'm not. I didn't come prepared to answer that question, but I, I'm pretty sure they both make pearls. You're exposing my lack of knowledge on bivalves. <laughs> Do oysters make, and one of the first things that comes up is make you poop. Um, okay, it says pearls are made by marine oysters and freshwater mussels. But not clams, because that's interesting, because I googled giant clam pearl, and that seems to be a thing. But maybe it's a hoax. Oh, I don't know. Oh, it says natural pearls are made by certain types of bivalve mollusks, such as clams or oysters. Oh, wow. We're really doing the research live today. <laughs> During the recording, <laughs> the more you know. Love that. Oh, okay. Well, that makes so sense So basically, the world is your oyster. The world is your clam. The world is your bivalve mollusk. There we go. All right. Well, now that we have settled that, let's let's move on to the most obvious attribute of this clam, its size. Now, I fear blathers may have exaggerated the size a bit here. As far as the papers I read were concerned, the largest giant clams sit at a weight of about 400 to 500 pounds. So still crazy heavy. And most of that weight is just the shell. So the soft body weight is only 10% of their total weight. What is that like? Do you know what the size is like in terms of feet? Yeah, so they're about four feet large on average, like long. Wow. So that's very um, heavy. Like Yeah, dense. like they must be incredibly dense. Wow. Yeah. That's... Wow. And I mean, that's going to vary depending on the size of the clam, but even the small ones are like football sized, which is far bigger than any clam I've ever seen, so. Yeah, I can't imagine that. And so in terms of like taxonomy, is there just one species of giant clam? So there are multiple species, around 10-ish, most within the genus Tridacna. And in the game, they do specify that they're talking about Tridacna gigas, the biggest of all the species. So Tridacna gigas is so big that it's actually the second largest invertebrate in the world, second only to the giant squid. So that's kind of amazing. Like it never occurred to me that it would be like of all the invertebrates, they're all pretty small except for those two. But interestingly, if you Google what is the world's largest mollusk, <laughs> the results will all say that it's the giant clam. But in in fact squids, we cannot forget, are also mollusks. They are in the phylum mollusca. Right. So what even is a mollusk then? Like how how are mollusks defined? Yeah, they're, they're like kind of a big invertebrate group. I don't exactly know the specific definition, but they're the second largest phylum after arthropoda, so things that we usually call bugs. And mollusks can include things like snails and slugs, cephalopods like squids and octopus, and then sort of things that might be more obviously mollusks like clams, mussels, and oysters. So they've often got that sort of soft body, and uh, that's pretty much all I know about that. <laughs> oh my god, I feel like I really dropped the ball on the taxonomy today. Well, I honestly, <laughs> like, if you held a gun to my head and were like, what do all of these animals have in common? soft body would probably be the only thing that <laughs> you could say. I mean, do can I like play the card that all human taxonomy categorization is completely made up and sometimes <laughs> nothing fits? Can I play that card True, today yeah. is my excuse? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Blathers said that, that giant clams are found in 
coral reefs. So like, I assume I wouldn't find one here off the coast of PC. Tragically not. I think it's a little too cold for them. So giant clams live in the South Pacific, the Indian Ocean, as well as the Red Sea. So all very warm waters. And what are they eating? He said plankton? Yeah, there's a couple of ways the giant clams eat. So the first way is they'll use their large siphon, which is like a big muscular tube-shaped thing in the center of their shell, to suck plankton out of the water. And that siphon is basically where all the food, water, and oxygen goes in and everything else comes out. And while it's fun to imagine this big clam cartoonishly sucking unsuspecting like plankton into its cavernous shell... This way of feeding isn't nearly as interesting as the other, possibly more important way that the clam gets its nutrients. So if you look at a giant clam, you'll notice that they have the shell with kind of a fringe around it. And that fringe will look like kind of puffy Botox lips all around. And this fringe and the soft tissue in the middle of the clam comes in all kinds of colors. Some are lime green and purple. Others will be more like yellowy and blue. And the color they are depends on what kinds of special symbiotic algae are living inside the muscle tissue of the clam. And those algae produce sugars and proteins for the clam to eat. So this is the second way they're eating is they (laughs) kind of have like a little, little algae party going on inside them. And these different algae will be different colors. And more specifically, there are often sort of dots or lines if you look at a giant clam that are particularly bright. And that's where the algae are. And those spots are called iridocytes. And you said that they live inside the tissue of the clam? Yeah. So the clam's iridocytes are basically tiny tubes that open at the surface of their soft tissue and go down deep into the clams. These tubes are shaped perfectly to allow the algae to grow inside and still get enough sunlight in them to photosynthesize and produce those proteins and sugars that the clam needs to survive. And like I said, these iridocytes are incredibly complex and have been formed in just the right way to reflect light, to hit as many algae as possible, and to really just concentrate that sunlight. And what's extra interesting is that They reflect everything but blue and red wavelengths back out as light into the water to ensure that the clam doesn't like burn up and overheat. And some people relate these iridocytes to fiber optic cables because they're just so amazingly advanced. Some scientists have actually been working on ways to develop human technology in such a way that mimics the habitat of these symbiotic algae. If algae were able to be grown this efficiently in a farmed setting, maybe we could actually use them as biofuel that was inexpensive and more sustainable than fossil fuels. So basically, these tubes just have so many algae in them and are so good at breeding the algae that, yeah, it would just be easier to harvest a whole bunch of them all at once. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. That reminds me of the Venus flower basket because it also had these sort of like fiber optic cables that engineers were trying to like replicate. Yeah, it's really cool how some of these invertebrates have, like, just these incredibly technologically advanced structures that are just... Evolution is just amazing, and it's so exciting. Yeah, and it's really cool that we can, like, take cues from nature. I just love that idea. But, so you said it was a symbiotic relationship, and it sounds like the algae are doing a lot for the clams, but what do the algae get? Well, they get a very safe place to live and the clam gets that, yeah, easy access to food. So very nice little relationship they've got there. 
And because the algae need a lot of sunlight, giant clams are usually found in very open, shallow sea floors, coral reefs, or sea seagrass meadows. I always want to call it sea glass me- meadows. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's probably sea glass there too, but... I just, like, can't stop fantasizing about, like, being a mermaid and just, like, living in my giant clam, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I would like to have, like, a pet giant clam. Like, they seem kind of cute. Yeah. You could just chill in there like like a nice seat. They do look very cushy. I think it has to do with their, like, lip things. (laughs) Yes. They look like a fancy couch. And I mean, so, like, I know that's silly, but can humans actually fit in them? (laughs) as a very excellent question unfortunately it would be very difficult I'm sure you could sit on one though I don't recommend it (laughs) because they are threatened as a species but we'll get to that yeah the giant clams have light sensing eyes well like eyes in quotes I guess they are eyes because they're like vision sensors and they have those around their siphon and they're really good for determining when shadows cross their path so an abrupt shadow is a really good indicator that the clam needs to duck and cover because it could be a predator and when the giant clam closes it will like squirt out a strong blast of water which would be kind of alarming to whoever or whatever is swimming above so i mean maybe they would make a better like bidet i don't know (laughs) than like a seat (laughs) oh my god (laughs) Was that bad? (laughs) Are we recommending that? (laughs) Uh, No, I don't recommend that. Can we get a bidet? I I was like imagining a mermaid like sitting on (laughs) a clam. I mean, do mermaids even have butts? Like, oh, age old question. (laughs) Yeah. Do they have like, I guess a fish butt? They'd have to, right? I don't know. Because it's just the tail part. Yeah, but the fish, fish also have butts in their tail. Really? Wow. Like, it's like a little hole. Like, if you have, a f- like, a goldfish, they always have little, like, wormy poops. Oh, this is a great <laughs> conversation. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> I hope this has instilled amazing imagery in your brains. Um, <laughs> uh, so... I didn't mean for this to get so, like, potty humor. <laughs> Speaking of the digestive system... Mm-hmm. Yep, let's move on. <laughs> is there anything that eats giant clams or are they just like too hard? Uh, Yeah, so pufferfish and triggerfish will often snack on the algae. Some will only do so like enough that the clam can grow it back. So the fish have like a constant source of food. So it's very sustainable. But regardless, usually the clam will avoid this. And when the clams are still larvae, they can get snatched up by pretty much any filter feeder in the ocean because they're really, really small. And there's lots of filter feeders out there, so it's a bit of a hazard. And of course, humans will also eat them. So the sort of soft, fleshy part of the clam is considered a delicacy in many places. But this can be a real issue because while the use of giant clams used to be common and done sustainably in many South Pacific islands... Human consumption has now driven the giant clam to extinction in many of the regions it used to be found in. So it's really unfortunate because, yeah, historically they were used in tools and jewelry and decor and, you know, food and all these important items in so many cultures. But yeah, now with overconsumption, that has, yeah, their their populations have really, really gone down. Right now they're harvested for food, decoration, and the aquarium trade for the most part. So lots of people think they're pretty cool to have in aquariums, which I'm not going to lie, they probably are, but it's been a 
big issue. Mm -hmm. And while they're protected by numerous different endangered species laws and trade bans, there's a lot of poaching that still happens. But there is some good news. So some conservation efforts in the Philippines are having a lot of success. So way back in the 70s, the giant clam was very close to extinction in the Philippines. And Edgardo Gomez of the University of Philippines imported clam larvae from Palau, New Guinea, and started to breed them in order to assist in their recovery. So for over 30 years, this project has been bringing these bred clams back into the waters around the Philippines. When the clams are first brought into the ocean from the lab, they're affixed to a wire base and a cage around them to protect them from nibbling fish. And that wire base makes it so that they can basically be moved into future different locations all around the Philippines. And amazingly, this ocean clam nursery has about 30,000 giant clams over a section of seafloor the size of seven soccer fields, which is just such a cool image to picture. Like you just have giant clams everywhere you look. So yeah, hats off to that operation. They had a great article about it. Actually, let me see if I can find it because I do recommend that people read it. So the if you Google Hakai... H-A-K-A-I magazine, Raising Giants, you're going to find a great article all about this operation. And it's just very interesting to read how they breed these giant clams. But uh, despite this awesome conservation effort, another big problem that they're having as a species is climate change. So like corals, if a clam becomes stressed by increasing water temperatures, it will temporarily eject it's algae. And because those algae add so much of the animal's color, it's going to look pale and bleached. So that's where the name coral bleaching comes from. And it's going to happen with clams as well. They can survive these events if the stressor is only temporary. But if they're stressed for a long time, they don't get their algae back and they're essentially no longer going to get the nutrients they need to survive. So yeah, it's a big problem for them. And clams can't move either. So if they're in too warm of a habitat, they're stuck there for good. So not great for them. And it's especially sad because a healthy giant clam can live up 200 years. So you want them to live a nice, full, happy life as a clam. Happy as a clam. (laughs) That was bad. (laughs) That's so interesting. I did not know that clams would have the same bleaching thing happen to them. Mm -hmm. Neither did I. It was a surprise to read that. But it makes sense because corals also have symbiotic algae living in them. For sure. Like it's such a huge part of what makes coral coral is that relationship. And so how do they know that the giant clam can live that long? Clamshells show growth lines much like a tree cookie. Like, you know, if you look at the cross section of a tree, you see those lines. So they can see the rate of growth and sample levels of certain elements in their growth rings to estimate their age. So for example, one study looked at the levels of radiation in the growth rings from nuclear bomb tests conducted in 1956 and 1958 in order to guess their age. That's amazing. It's so crazy how like (laughs) evidence of humans will survive long before us or long after us, I mean. Yeah, and it's interesting. Like, I've heard of aging using nuclear radiation before. I can't remember in what, but I know, like, clams are not the only ones who show evidence of this, which is pretty, uh, it's a little concerning. Totally. (laughs) And it's, uh, I'm just so fascinated by animals that can live that long, like tortoises and everything. And it's sad to me, too, that people would have giant clams in aquariums when they can live that long, you know? 
Yeah, and they're so beautiful when they get that big. Like, they're just amazing. And so what is their reproduction like? Yeah, they can produce a lot of eggs at once. They can produce 500 million eggs just in one go. And they reproduce through broadcast spawning, where it all gets pushed out through their siphon into the water. But there's a catch to having all these eggs. So clams are hermaphroditic, meaning that they can produce both sperm and eggs. But while it takes two to three years of maturity for them to be able to produce sperm, they don't produce eggs until they're around 10 years old. So young clams are only producing sperm, and a healthy population of clams will need both young and matured clams to be able to properly reproduce because you're going to need more than sperm to produce more clams. Now, when other clams in the area notice that a clam has released gametes into the water, they instinctively suck a whole bunch of water in to ensure that they get sperm and eggs from another individual because even though they're hermaphroditic, they can't fertilize themselves. So they need another clam to do that. Now, once all that's done, free-swimming larvae emerge from their parents and within four days, they will ingest the algae that will eventually go into their tissues and become that symbiotic algae that gives them all their nutrients. After that, the larva to clam process is pretty fast. So within 40 hours of emerging, the larva will start to develop a shell. And after seven days, the clam foot begins to form and they'll sink to the ocean floor where they settle for the rest of their life. Wow, yeah, that's a very small reproductive cycle for something that lives so long. Yeah, it seems very quick. Yeah, you just... You're like a kid for like a second and then you're just an adult. (laughs) Very, very speedy. Blink of an eye. Yeah, so that's the giant clam, an animal which might look a bit goofy, like a just big goofy sea monster, but it's really just a peaceful algae farmer just ejecting millions of sperm and eggs into the water every once in a while. (laughs) I love that. And it's a mermaid bidet. That was the biggest thing I learned. (laughs) And a mermaid bidet. (laughs) I really regret seeing that. It's it's staying in. <laughs> Once it's said, though, it, it stays. It stays. Well, thank you so much, Olivia. That was really fun. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to check out our 20% off sale over at our merch store. That's etsy.com slash shop slash beyond blathers. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at beyond blathers. Tune in next week to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye! Bye!